Craig, when are we going to Atlantic City? I don't know. I have no idea. Do you need to book your shit, like, in the next two days or something? Oh, yeah. I do have, like, five days to book. Because I can't just get another one on my Vegas. Actually, I can't, because right now nothing is listed under Borgata for my Vegas. It's, like, completely gone. So what am I going to do with my 895,000 loyalty points? Howdy, it's Friday, July 30th, 2021, and this is episode 153 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Eskin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Well, first thing, third time's a charm. It took three takes to get that right. Uh, I think the second one was usable, but (laughs) I was told by the producer that I had to do it again. Yeah. So the other thing that's good, last episode, I said that there was a book that I didn't have from Atlantic City that was extremely hard to find and out of print. And then at like 1 a.m. after we recorded, I was like, oh, I should check for that book. And I found it on eBay for $6.02. So I now have that sitting on my bookshelf. Nice. It is Boardwalk Jungle by Ovid Damaris. When was this written? In the 80s, I think. Because I was saying Ovid sounds very much like a man's name in like 1910. Yes, that's <laughs> true. But yeah, it's supposed to be all about like the mob connection. And how organized crime was involved in, like, the development of Atlantic City as a gambling town. So, that'll be interesting. That will be an interesting read, if I ever get around to reading it, which, you know, no guarantees. I actually just got a copy, uh, not directly Atlantic City related, but Casino Biz related. I think, uh, I don't remember what the book is called, which is going to make this segment excellent. But I think it's something like the Caesar's Palace coup about some of the, like, hedge funds fighting over Caesar's Palace. Oh, wow, that would be good, since we talked a lot about that, so... Yeah, it should be. It should be good. I, I saw it, and it sounded interesting, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Nice. So, I'll let you know when I start and hopefully finish it. Should we talk about some old stuff? 1853, 1953. You did good work on 1853. I looked briefly last time when I looked at the railroad stuff, and I didn't see anything that jumped out at me. But tell us about 1853. It was a little weird, because you'd think this would be a much bigger deal. Atlantic City's first hotel was built bellow house at massachusetts and atlantic Aves, which is a couple of very long blocks out from what is now ocean naturally ocean not having been there in 1853 i found this information actually on wikipedia and then the link explaining it was gone it said like page not found and i was starting to get skeptical and then i found it on the official atlantic city new jersey history page so official that it had a scrolling marquee across the top that said, today is a good day in the city of Atlantic City. And you know that a site is legit when in 2021 it has a scrolling marquee. It's like a really fancy scrolling marquee, though, compared to the scrolling marquees of, like, 1997. That's true. Yeah. It's like, it's not your it's like, angel fire It's a nice little, like, you know, a CSS box or whatever. You know, it's... It's good. Uh, and today is probably a nice day in the city of Atlantic City. Yeah, it was a it was a fairly nice day here. Uh, there's a little bit of rain, maybe, but I'm sure it was nice in Atlantic City. There was there was very little information about the Bellow House, other than <sighs> that it did not quite last 50 years. It operated until 1902. I feel like we're really missing out. We need some pictures of the Bellow House or something, but unfortunately, I believe it's been lost to the winds of time. So, in looking up stuff about or trying to find more stuff about the bellow house i found out that there was another hotel 
called like the Mansion House or the Mansion Hotel or something like that that was built in the same year. So I guess it just got edged out slightly. But then like what every page talking about these early hotels wanted to actually talk about was the United States Hotel. They would be like passing mention of this older place, but also in the background, please see the United States Hotel. We'll have to find out when that was built and talk about it. We have definitely talked about the United States Hotel in the past. We have mentioned it, I think, briefly on the on the podcast, but not not a lot. So we we don't want to give too much away too soon. So let us try to save ourselves for yeah. the right moment. So it made me wonder, like, did we already talk about the the opening date in one of these date segments? I but doubt we definitely it. didn't do eighteen hundreds no, before. So no, so no, and the United States Hotel was quite old, I think. So so weirdly, a hundred years later, nineteen fifty three. Atlantic City's first motel opened. It was called John's Motel. Sounds amazing. I don't know. John's Motel yeah, is, is so great. inviting. Perfect. Located at Sovereign and Pacific Avenues, which is down by what is the husk of the former Atlantic Club. So at first I was like, who cares about this? It's a motel. Why would we be celebrating the first motel in Atlantic City? But luckily, AtlanticCityExperience.org gave us the details and explained. At the time, Atlantic City was known for its grand hotels, but tourism had declined, and many of these older buildings found themselves in dire need of remodeling without the funds to do so. Meanwhile, the motel craze, in quotes, was sweeping the tourism industry, offering families low-cost, no-frills lodging. Soon there was a motel boom in every section of Atlantic City, and many stately old boardwalk hotels even had their own motel wings. Which seems nuts, because I always think, like, oh yeah, motels are garbage. But yet... The Tropicana still has its motel ring, right? With the annex. Yeah, it does, sort of, yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. The Howard Johnson is still part of Caesars. That's true, of. that's true. It's been fully enclosed, which is surely the difference between a hotel and a motel, right? That's why you do not want to go to the trip by window or whatever, because that is a motel. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think all they did is, like, cement off the walkway so that you can't get in without going through the lobby, and that makes it a hotel instead mm. of a motel. Obviously, the motels were a big thing, as we learned from AtlanticCityExperience.org. Uh, the casino era just ended that, like, completely crushed them. Yeah, I mean, motels, I think, in general. I, I know a little bit about it, just because I have some history, of, like a real estate degree or whatever. They were they were huge in, like, 50s, 60s, 70s, but they went downhill, like, fairly quickly and are very much out of style these days, I think, and have been for a while. I remember being a kid staying in a lot of motels. Mm-hmm on vacations and then when we started staying in hotels it was like ooh, hotels so much nicer than motels and yeah. that's without knowing the history so you know clearly as a youngin i would have much rather stayed in the united states hotel than even john's motel as an older man i've stayed in many many motels but uh yeah certainly the the hotel is it's a little bit nicer give me some red roof in Oh, I've stayed at a lot of Motel 6s in my day. Like, a lot of Motel 6s. Mm, I can't say I have. I stayed in, in an Econo Lodge in Vegas. That was a motel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, on the Strip. Right on the Strip. Right so across from the Excalibur. Anyways, go ahead. Motels in Atlantic City. When are we going to Atlantic City? I have no idea. Come on, man. I just Tell me when. got done with... Your vacations are pretty much over now, I thought. Yeah, no, they're done. But it was, like, Atlantic City, and then Atlantic City, like, three weeks later, and then a wedding in Cape Cod, like, two weeks later, and then a family reunion in Wisconsin two weeks later, and then Ocean City, New Jersey for a week two weeks later. After a year of no traveling, I feel like I crammed everything into two months. But what better way to refresh your palate than just a one-night trip 
to Atlantic City midweek. It's going to get hard for me, though, because work's going to ramp up like crazy, and I have to go back to the office, which sounds terrible. I haven't been to the office since Oh, really? March when when do you have to start doing that? Like, end of the month? I was supposed to go next week, and then they just sent something saying it's delayed by two weeks. So I'm impressed. We'll see what happens with the Delta. Right. That's true. Speaking of the Delta, a nice segue into Beautiful. our next topic, which is that masks are back in Las Vegas. Uh, the mandate went into effect in all indoor areas starting today. Yeah, twelve oh one a.m. I believe. The question that you offered me is: Is this coming to AC? But since I read it, I'm offering the question to you instead. I don't know. I was shocked that Vegas reinstated this. I think the numbers are quite quite bad in Vegas or whatever. In so, yeah, in Nevada, in Clark County. Yeah. So far, the governor of New Jersey has not said that he will mandate indoor masking. I know that where I am in North Jersey, we're in the substantial area where we should i don't know i don't think atlantic city is so mm-hmm. but i would not be surprised if this is coming to atlantic city at some point if the numbers go up i wouldn't be surprised either especially after the last year where ac seemed like they were pretty fast to institute covid restrictions and like quite slow to take them away compared to other places so it does seem likely here in maryland it's probably a bit less likely just because of the politics of the situation but yeah i don't know Mm, i i just checked and atlantic is considered substantial so so even with that though they haven't changed it with this said i must you know i was one of the people who was saying that i understood why the mask requirement was there for so long or why the casinos were closed or whatever like i think i was reasonably understanding but this i don't know this seems like for me personally it's a little too much to mandate masks again in Atlantic City. I don't necessarily approve. Not that they care about my opinions. Yeah, and I think one of the things that got talked about a lot the last time was sort of how annoying it was for workers, for like rank and file workers to have to be mask police. Mm-hmm. And I know that Scott Robin, who runs Vital Vegas, tweeted that he just doesn't think that there's going to be any appetite to do that anymore. <laughs> so let's see how, how much it's enforced in Vegas. Certainly, I've read plenty of things about like it's just not enforced anywhere. Like technically it's required in all transportation, et cetera, et cetera. And like, we just got back from a trip to Boston. And let me tell you, I think they were like stricter than most of the rest of the country. But every time we went on public transportation, which was a lot, there's always people with no masks on and no one gives a shit. So, well, so I went into New York today, into New York city and Mm -hmm. on the path train, everybody was wearing a mask, but then like we did the, the ferry on the way back and like in the ferry terminals, you're supposed to wear a mask and nobody was wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I think this, yeah, people are just done with it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Me personally, like I still mask indoors as, unless I'm eating pretty much, like as much as reasonable or, or if I'm at the office, which is like really wide open and like five people go every day. But I don't know. I think, I think we're at the point where if you've wanted to get vaccinated, you've had every opportunity to do so if that was your choice. And if you haven't, then you've made your choice too. I'm still optimistic that it's not coming to Atlantic City, but I guess if the numbers get significantly worse, we'll get there. We'll see. Can we talk about my favorite bands of all uh, time? You, you can talk about it. So, the same day, November 20th, 2021, mark your calendars and be prepared for just a horrible choice to have to make. Either the Gin Blossoms at Ocean or the Ultimate Queen Experience cover band at Resorts. So I tweeted this jokingly. Bethany, who runs Bougie Miles, somehow we got into a whole back and forth about bands like the Gin Blossoms in that era, Bare Naked Ladies, 
That's like mid to late 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, mid 90s, yeah. Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, and better than Ezra, who is actually going to be at Ocean on October 30th with Collective Soul. That's a great concert lineup. Collective Soul and better than Ezra with special guest Tonic. Come on. You want to go to that. <laughs> I don't, really. But I believe we talked about that last time when I said I would go just for Halloween purposes. Yeah, we talked about that already. So anyways, because of this discussion that it somehow got bare naked ladies involved in it, I guess because better than Ezra toured with them, I've now had the old apartment by bare naked ladies stuck in my head for like three days. So thanks for that, Bethany. Indeed. I did not remember how much of that song I remembered until I went on YouTube and watched it. I don't know. Oh, man. It used to play on VH1, like, all the time. And I was like, surely that was a number one hit. No, it was like number 80. I'm, I'm not helping here. But where I am helping is by reporting that Bally's is replacing all of the blue windows on the Bally's Tower with pink ones. Uh, this is according to a story by Ahmad Austin on the Press of Atlantic City. The quote from the Bally's executive is, In previous years, broken windows were repl- replaced with blue-colored glass. Replacing those with the original color, according to a news release from the casino, is symbolic of what we as a company intend to do. So, um, I could not agree more. Uh, I think it looked terrible before so, with like a, so a mostly bad. pink building with like some random not-pink parts. So, I am happy to hear this. I do think it is symbolic of, hopefully, somewhat of a revival for Bally's. They stuck out so much, those blue windows. At least, if not a revival, at least them, like, carrying, like, at least a shred about the dignity of the building. Right. I mean, it's just, it really tells you, like, what Caesars Entertainment thought of that property, that that was even considered as an option. Right. To, to replace that. And, and, for one thing, the fact that it's even possible to replace the pink glass with new pink glass. Like, if, if it had been like, it, this is just not available anymore, like, whatever the mechanics. <laughs> they they of don't make the glass, glass in that color anymore. Yeah, you just yeah. can't get it. Like, it's scientifically it was from, impossible. from one old man that artistically made each pane and he has passed, unfortunately. So, <laughs> right. That's right. it. The fact that, you know, it can be done. is just like so, so cheap that it was done in any other way because it looked so bad. It did look bad. So, yeah, I'm happy about that. So that's good. So good on I mean, Bally's. I'm sure the rest of the Bally's Tower is still terrible, but you can't have everything. Hey, as long as it's all pink and the sign doesn't say balls, which I think it did for, for a brief period, <laughs> <laughs> with certain lights out, that's good. No, like I said, it's, a good, I think, a good sign. So speaking of things that are a good sign, but the opposite, uh, Citigroup <laughs> yeah. is helping Chobo with its bond sale to fund the water park construction. Also, uh, this is a story from Mahmoud Austin from Press of Atlantic City. City is going to help sell, hopefully, $95 million in bonds, which I read this as quite a negative story because they have not been able to sell any of these bonds to help build this water park. So, Craig, I'm actually quite surprised that you have not personally opened up your piggy bank and invested quite heavily in these water park bonds that have been out on the market. Yeah. It's, it, I can't see how you can see this as anything but negative. And the story, no, I no, feel it's like... Ter- it's terrible. <laughs> I feel like it's being reported as, like, a positive. I mean, it's being reported as, like, hey, guys, nothing to panic about. You know, we've got Citigroup on this now. Surely this won't be a total failure. I mean, Citigroup, that's a very legitimate name. But Bart Blatstein had previously said the construction would be $100 million. So if you need $95 million, it means you have no investment for this property. Like, no one... You've not been able to get any funding. That's really hard to believe, considering just how easy it's been to fund past water parks in Atlantic City. We've never heard this story before. 
the one that was supposed to go at the Atlantic Club, same thing. Like, they brought people in to the Atlantic Club to show them around and said, this is going to be a water park, and then, like, just couldn't get the funding. So, you know, I guess Blatstein has a little bit more of a of a reputation just in the development world in general. He also has a reputation on this podcast, but it's a little bit different, I think. Yeah, but, but asking for $95 million in bonds, I think, is a hard sell, as these bonds are a hard sell. It doesn't have a good sound to it, that's for sure. Just down the road from Showboat. This is a terrible segue. You've had you've been nailing segues, and here I am. Uh, yeah, it's tr- truly one of the thought leaders in the segue industry. Yeah. At the Claridge, there's a new restaurant on the third floor of the Claridge. Justin S. tipped me off to this. He said he was going to go, but then I scrolled through his Instagram posts, and I don't know if he made it or not. I didn't see it pictured. I know he had a very aggressive plan to try to go to two upscale restaurants every day, and he ran out of steam after like four days, which is a lot. I would run out of steam after like one day. But this new place is a Southern Cuisine restaurant located on the third floor of the Claridge. It is, and I am going to butcher this, I think Lavender's 22. That's what I'm going with. It's L-E-A-V-A-N-D-E-R apostrophe S 22. Do you have any guesses on how to pronounce that? Sounds good to me. I I really don't have any extra insight into this. Is it Levanders? Is it Levanders? Like, I don't know. I'm going with Levanders. Anyways, uh, it's only open Friday and Saturday for dinner and Saturday and Sunday for brunch. It's the only time you can go. So if you're interested, go. The pictures that I saw on Yelp looked very good. The food looked very good. The pictures on their website look generic, but kind of nice. I don't know if it's actually the space or just like random stock photos of people eating, but that's a good point. One can never tell. I'm always very skeptical of the restaurant's <laughs> photos, like yeah. especially on Yelp when the first like 50 photos are all like from the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that is not true here. They don't have a bunch of photos from the restaurant. My favorite thing is actually any Chuck E. Cheese has a ton of from the Chuck E. Cheese restaurant photos. Uh huh. There's like a picture of games with the cartoon mouse jumping in and out of the game. It's like, what is this? Who is this convincing <laughs> to go to Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck E. Cheese sells itself. Yeah. Believe me, my kids like some Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing not to like. But anyway, speaking of doubling up on fine dining every day, Amy S. Rosenberg made some pizza rankings as she individually went to a whole bunch of, actually, all of the pizza places on the boardwalk and ranked them all for us. And for me, my big takeaway is that Joe Rock Cafe, I was vindicated by her very poor grade for it. <laughs> number 10 out of 12. So she, there were 12 places. And yeah, she she did not <laughs> rank it very highly. She gave it a 6.57, which is the cost of a pepperoni slice. She said the same cost as a pepperoni slice. 6.57 for a pepperoni slice at the Joe I, Rock Cafe. I told you when I got like barbecue chicken or something. Yeah, seven bucks or something after everything. It was terrible. And that's, it was bad. That's nuts. Bad. And I was drunk. And if you were drunk and think pizza is bad, it is must be just truly atrocious. Think about all the times we got drunk in college and ate Danny's and thought Danny's was amazing. Yeah, or like pizza bullies. Like, that is some crap pizza. It just has but... a whole, like, large yeah. pizza bullies pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, or Jerry's. Ate so much Jerry's. It's not good. Not good pizza. Perry's Pizza at the Tropicana is disappointingly low at nine. I've never had it, but mm, I would have thought, no. you know. How, how bad can it be? Number one is Jersey Shore Pizza and Grill, which is over by Tropicana. So just crushing Perry's, which is in Tropicana. 
8.2 rating. Yeah. So the top two were the same family or whatever yes. running them, right? Yeah. So it's like the Lepresti family. She goes into all the detail about that and why there's three pizza places related to them. You should read the article linked to it. It's hard for me to believe how little pizza on the boardwalk we've gotten. Yeah, that's a good point. And I love boardwalk pizza. Yeah, I do too. I think it's fantastic. Just went to Ocean City, Maryland, got some dough roller. It was very good. But like, that's just what you do in boardwalks. But we haven't done it in Atlantic City. I don't know. We've we've really like wasted our lives, I think. We should get more. Uh, dead last place, Three Brothers Pizza at Schiff's Central Pier. But shockingly, number three was Steel Pier Pizza. Steel Pier. I never in a million years would have been like, yeah, I'm going to go to Steel Pier Pizza. That's where I need to go that, to get my pizza. Great. Walk out from Hard Rock. Grab some pizza. Get a beer. Yeah. And, oh. and Steel Pier... Last time I was there, it was one of the few places that actually had their bar set up where you could just grab oh, yeah. a cup to go and walk down the boardwalk. How good does that sound? Is there a better thing you could do on like a Wednesday afternoon when you pull into Atlantic City? Oh, yeah. Just grab a big slice of pizza and then and a beer and walk down the boardwalk. It sounds so amazing. good. Double up on boardwalk pizza. Go to Steel Pier and then just walk all the way down mm-hmm. to Jersey Shore Pizza and Grill. By that time, you will definitely be hungry for another slice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Yeah. So much appreciated. Yes. Amy S. Rosenberg, really, with a very fine piece of investigative journalism. Yeah. You don't hear much about, like, the various pizza on the boardwalk. It was was just an incredible article. The best. Another thing that I think we can just mention real quick is that a friend of the podcast, Ed, Ed O., who runs the 33 pool, gave a list of Atlantic City non-gambling attractions to You Can Bet on That. So it's now available on their website. I will link to it so you can see it. So there's a bunch of stuff there like uh, Steel Pier, Parasailing, more Steel Pier stuff, Beach stuff, the Aquarium, <laughs> you know, all that stuff that if you're wondering what to do or you've run out of money and, and, and need to figure out some non-gambling attraction... Lucky I like how you, made the list. you made it sound like it was just the steel pier yeah. list of everything you can do there. Definitely on the list, the outlets. Indeed. That's the, the number one thing for you to do in Atlantic City. Yeah. Got to get your Lacoste. That's true. Tons of stuff we have not done, like golfing in Atlantic City. Never done that. Should do that. Have you ever been golfing in your life? Yeah, yeah. I did a lot in high school, and I oh, really? don't think I've go- I think I've golfed maybe twice since high school, and I definitely mm-hmm. have not since I was maybe like 22 years old or something. It's been a very long time. Foolish. It's kind of fun. I'm terrible, but I always have a good time with it. I've been like twice in 10 years myself, so I don't have much room to talk. If I have like that many hours to go somewhere and just be away from my family and have no responsibilities, like that's the last thing I want to do, spend that time on. I would rather like sit in my car and play Nintendo Switch than go play golf like, it's not fun for me at all everyone knows that the sun is poison and fresh air is <laughs> no i hate it yeah i'd rather drive to atlantic city play video poker for 10 minutes and drive <laughs> yeah just to let them know you're alive ripley's believe it or not on there we've never done that i've walked by many times so i've, many I've times. seen it them advertising their bottles of deer park water that they sell uh seeking lighthouse which you've done and i have not Oh, I've done like two or three times. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I only That's knew of the one. Nice. If you want to walk up a bunch of stairs, which I did, so it was fine. I won't spoil the whole list. I do like walking up a bunch of stairs. Get yeah. those steps in on your Fitbit. <laughs> the perfect opportunity to. <laughs> yeah. The Atlantic City Lighthouse. Should we talk about data? Data. It is what the people demand, right? It's what everybody wants from the show. June and Q2 2021 data. 
I think the real top line thing to talk about is that it is infinity percent better than 2020, as is all of Q2, frankly. Ignoring brick and mortar, if you forget about that for a second, the total gambling revenue, including online and sports, was a record for any month in the state of New Jersey. And if you only do brick and mortar, it is a record for the largest increase year over year for any quarter <laughs> in the state of New Jersey. That's true. That's a good point. I think David Danzis was quick to point out brick and mortar alone was lower than two years ago in June. Yeah. Yep, significantly lower, but higher than three years ago, which is good. And I looked, and two years ago, 2019, it was a five weekend a month in June. So it's not too, too bad. Yeah, that's And it was very, very much a four weekend month this month, so. Uh, Borgata just killing it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Last time, May, Borgata 48.6, Hard Rock 34. Well, basically 35. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, they built this big $30 million gap. This time, Hard Rock went from 34.97 to 35.2, so barely increased at all. And Borgata went from 48.6 to 56.6. So they're just crushing everyone. Well, you know, I don't know if the people really need to know how the sausage was made, but for the first time in quite a while, I'm the one that did the spreadsheet. And I did note that Borgata's take percentage, like, they look like they had a a very, very lucky month this month. So I don't think it's sustainable. Everything is fixed at Borgata. Sure, everything's fixed. Please don't sue me, I'm Jammer Sons. I don't actually believe that. I don't mean, you know, they could have tightened the slots. No, we don't. I, you're right. It's probably just, you know. It was the, the table games really were, were what was really out of whack. They could have just been robbing people at the table, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good way to juice like one month of data, but it's hard to keep that going like month over month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is worth mentioning though, like these numbers, especially table game numbers, a couple of high rollers do really well or really bad. Or somebody hits oh, a yeah. massive slot jackpot, it like skews your whole month. So we kind of look at things on a month to month basis, but sometimes I know we've forgotten it some months and had to come back and correct it a month later. <laughs> Personally, I'm excited to get back to having year over year data next month. Yeah, so. it'll be nice. Although it's going to be pretty questionable year over year data until at least August because Borgata was open for 10 minutes last July or whatever. And most yeah, of the other right. casinos are actually open for most of the month, though. That's true. There's an Associated Press article about the gambling revenue and how it's a record for the state for any month. And the second sentence was that it was nearly four times as much as the nine casinos won last June when they were closed due to the, due to the coronavirus <laughs> outbreak. <laughs> outbreak. And it's like, what? Like, why would you even say that? <laughs> yeah, that is a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. But uh, yeah, whatever. All right. Before we close out the show, I hear you have an Andy Rooney-like rant to end the program with. Oh, uh, I mean, not so much a rant, but it came out, I think, yesterday that Nevada made $600 million in gaming revenue, which was a huge number. I don't know if it was a record for them. And that penny slots were 60% of that, 361 I think, mm-hmm. million dollars out of 603. And on my gambling timeline, I saw several people being like, oh my goodness, penny slot players, like, just cut it out. What are you doing? And that didn't bother me so much for some reason. Like, I didn't think about it too much because I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, of course, a bunch of like seasoned gamblers are going to crap on the penny slot players. And then in my personal timeline, some guy who is a sports guy, very popular sports guy who I didn't know cared anything about gambling, tweeted like, oh my goodness, we need to fix these penny slot players. This is ridiculous and terrible. And then I was kind of like, what is this? Like, why are you game shaming people? Just let people enjoy their freaking penny slots. And go sit and put $20 through your machine and get a drink. Yeah, man. Some people just want to play some Heidi. 
Exactly. Some people want to lose their $20 in three minutes playing Heidi, hoping for a bonus. <laughs> three minutes, three spins. Yeah. Like $7 a spin or something. And I'm sure I've, I've been guilty on this podcast in the past of saying, you know, like, don't play three-card poker or something like that. I mean, that is legitimately unfun. And that is, like, scientifically <laughs> proven, not a matter of opinion. <laughs> but, like, if people enjoy the game... Why are you telling them not to enjoy it? It doesn't make any sense. And especially penny slots where, like, your money's probably lasting a decent amount of time. I don't know. There are worse ways. So it's not very much of a rant, is it? I was more annoyed the other day. Now I'm all calmed down. I don't have the rant in me. I'm no Tim uh, from Five Hundred by Midnight. I just don't have it in me. Yeah, I don't really care. Let people like what they like. Yeah. Unless I mean... it's the big six <laughs> on the grab table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do that. You should place the six. Here it is better. It is a rumor I have heard. There was a big baseball writer who, when the sports gambling started getting legalized in more states, was like, oh, why would anybody bet on baseball? It's all these results are so random, which I don't actually agree with anyway. <laughs> no, it's, I, yeah, I don't agree. Yeah, I kind of be like, what, where's the, even the enjoyment in this? Like, you're never going to make any money. It's all just guesswork. Like, you're not as good as you think you are. And it's like, sure, there are a lot of people who think that they're handicappers and want to win money. And they're trying to do this to make money. There are also a whole hell of a lot of people who are just like, I'm watching have fun? Yeah. the Padres and the Dodgers at 10 p.m. because I can't sleep. I'm going to put $5 on this game and see what happens. It seems like certain people just don't understand that people actually gamble because they enjoy it. Yeah. If you want to look at it from like the big picture, whatever is like gambling, however, that may be in a casino, on sports games, in the lottery, like, is it great for society? Eh, maybe, maybe not. You can have that discussion or whatever. But like, I don't know. You don't need to be mad at the people who do it. Right. Like, it's just silly. I'll even take it a step further where I feel like knowing basic strategy in blackjack ruins a lot of the fun of blackjack because you are only doing the thing that you have to do, not ever thinking like, ooh, I think maybe there's a five under there. So even though I have 15 and I'm not supposed to hit, like I'm going to hit, which of course, you know, if you don't know basic strategy, the other players at the table ruin it for you. And similarly, like, craps. If you know not to bet on the big six and big eight. Or, like, you know not to bet on the field. When I first started playing craps, it's like, there's all these random bets, and it's like, I don't know, I think it'll be a field bet. Why not? Just throw it out. And now it's like, I'll never do that, because I know the, I know the math better. Oh, uh, that's so boring. Like, I make hard way bets. Those are terrible bets. Probably worse than the field. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of people, like, refuse to do that stuff. I think less in craps. Craps, I think people mostly are willing to, like, do more random stuff. I mean, certainly, like I said, I'll make a hard way bet. I will not ever, ever bet fixed side bets on most table games, though. So that's yeah. probably, like, fairly comparable. I mean, the side bets are probably a little worse, but not too much. As soon as you get into a, a position where you, like, have a system or something, that you're always playing the same way, I feel like that's less fun. I mean, you have your system of making, like, one min bet per minute on the slot machines. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, there are rumors, by the way, that now Caesars will charge you for your drink if you do that. Oh, really? Somebody in the Everything AC Casinos group said that they ordered a Captain and Coke and they got charged two bucks for it. It wouldn't let them order it without paying $2. And the assumption from other people in the group was that it was because they were slow playing the machine. Wow. Uh, but I don't I would have to check on that. I would need some confirmation because I'm a little bit skeptical. If there is someone that can confirm that, it would be you. And you do enjoy going to Caesars and getting a mixed beverage from time to time. It's true. But I, I mean, it's also possible that that's, they can just consider that like a name drink. Uh, if it's actually Jack, yes. I, if it's like Coke Captain. and rum or whatever, or yeah, Captain. Right. I, I do know they do charge if you're not to diamond for 
name brand drinks. Yeah, I mean, my favorite is at pretty much everywhere. If you ask for specifically Red Bull, they will charge you. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's been going on forever, too. I remember at the Hilton doing that, yeah. yeah. I don't even know what their generic energy drink. Energy drink? Yeah, well, like, what is the generic brand energy drink? Rockstar, maybe. <laughs> Monster. Rockstar, no, Rockstar is always the cheapest, I think. Mm. I mean, there's probably just, like, Peanut World brand. It's just something you've never heard of something you should not buy generic probably is energy drinks it will probably kill you yeah i mean they're already cancer so you might as well if i were in atlantic city right now i would be having a vodka red bull which i have not had in 15 years but just because you're very tired just i am pretty tired actually but uh you know bring back the glory days i like vodka red bull i don't like how just unbelievably hungover i get yeah that is what it does because for one thing you can't cannot sleep <laughs> oh jagerbomb would be good I don't. I, I don't think I've had a Jaeger bomb since I was like 21 years old. So yeah, I was probably like 23, 24 last time I had one. Anything that ended in bomb, car bomb, sake bomb, Jaeger bomb, I have not had in a very long time. Yeah, I don't think I've had any of them since I've left Arizona, as far as I can remember. And I was 25 when I left. So I don't need to drink fast for the sake of drinking fast at 37 years old. <laughs> don't 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 you though? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> What kind of spirit is that? You've got a lot more years in front of you, and if you're saying this already at 37, imagine how boring they're going to be. But that's like also why I, I think it's weird when I see people like my age playing drinking games. <laughs> it is a little bit odd. But I also get more hungover than I get drunk, and maybe like maybe other people don't have it's that like, affliction. <laughs> if we had the same lifestyle we had at 21, right now it'd be deeply, deeply problematic on like you as a person and like your substance abuse issues or whatever, right? Uh, yeah, it's a different part of your life. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Besides just, you know, it would just wreck my intestines for like yeah. all eternity because I have all sorts of other problems that we don't need <laughs> to get into. So anyway, if this conversation about Craig's intestines was super interesting to you, you can talk about it with a lot of other listeners of the podcast at facebook.com slash group slash do for when. I'm starting Find the Craig's intestines subgroups in. All of our great intestine related content at do for when.com <laughs> or you can also buy a shirt. Uh, reach out to Craig on Twitter to talk about his intestinal disorders <laughs> at Duveruen. Hey, if anybody wants like a gastroenterologist recommendation or just to commiserate, <laughs> they need recommendations you... <laughs> for where to find some cheap um, appraisal generic <laughs> medicine, I can hook you up. Or you can send Craig your personal questions to Duveruen at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Personal intestinal related questions. Incredibly personal questions, yeah. Yes. <laughs> This went not very off the rails. First, my rant was sucked, and now we're talking about <laughs> intestines. <laughs> Send Craig your poop questions. See what's the good one. You can't, you can't save your rant for the end of the episode. I think that's part of it. Like by then, I'm talked out. Like, hey, oh, let's just get this done. over with. Oh, hey, be nice on the Twitters, everybody. Give us the two minute breakdown of what happened on Boardwalk Empire, Craig. I think this should be very quick because it was all just set up. So this is the fallout after the Babette's explosion. Nucky has a concussion. He is having all sorts of trouble basically just living his life after that. Chip Rossetti has an army of guys camping out in Tabor Heights prepping to confront Nucky. Nucky attempts to rally the troops, which are like Rothstein and his guys. And, uh, how's that work out for him? Uh, yeah. And some other guys from Philly. And they basically just say, sorry, yeah, wha dude, wha you're Waxy on your Gordon. Own. <laughs> yes, Waxy Gordon. And it seems like he's on his own. He is very resigned to his fate. Really, he might be on his own because Margaret and Owen may be leaving too. But I'm sure, just knowing anything about Hollywood, they will not be leaving. So 
It actually makes me think that Owen is not long for the world, frankly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good point. That is my prediction for what is happening. Oh, no. I like Owen. He's like one of the better characters on the show, so I suspect that he will meet, be meeting an unfortunate end somewhat soon. Yeah, and he is like the only fighter left in uh, Nucky's stable there, so... It's not like he's got Harrow on his side who can just be, like, up on a rooftop <laughs> picking these guys off. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the other, only other thing that was really worth mentioning is that George Remus, the guy <laughs> whose name we always the man forget, yeah. he gets hauled in by the feds, and it seems like he's going to sing like a canary. It, it does seem like it is setting it up. Got to see the comical time of him being arrested it's like it it was like when uh like streakers run onto the field and Mm -hmm. there are a bunch of security dudes trying to tackle him and they're all falling all over themselves except that he was in a bathroom so what did you think about the episode it was fine it went pretty fast Uh, i thought it was terrible the concussed nucky storyline is just was the worst why what why is it so bad Uh, it's just like not interesting it's not an interesting way to like make things happen and we get to see concussed nucky like confusing margaret with uh what's her name that's dead now and like concussed nucky just having all sorts of problems i I don't know i didn't like how they did it concussed nucky thinking chalky is like the shoeshine man it just wasn't good yeah all the all the way they've dealt with nucky this season's just been pretty rough yeah nucky is just a terrible character and nucky is terrible and jimmy's mom is terrible and oh man yeah we didn't talk about poor tommy poor 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 tommy had to walk in and Bef- see. befriended befriended one of the prostitutes and then had to see what her line of work really was i know while harrow was out making out with the girl who's been sitting on the dance floor to calm down tommy jimmy's mom gave her some warm milk and rum because that's Indeed. just great parenting i mean i don't know maybe that was considered good parenting in the 20s who knows probably wasn't I feel like there's still a lot of show left this season for three what, more episodes. Is yeah, that... for what they're setting up right now. Like, I feel like the next episode should be the finale. How are they going to drag this out for three episodes? We did the thing that did make me chuckle is when Chip Rossetti had to break into the uh, like Revolutionary War thing to take the general's hat after whatever Joe told him that maybe he could be a general. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, <laughs> just what a stupid character. It's it's not a good character. Uh man, Chipresetti. Can't wait till there's no more Chipresetti in the show. I know. Unfortunately there will be no more Owen probably too, so can't have everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Lord only knows what the last two seasons will be about. It supposedly gets much better. Oh so does we just it? Just have to plow through three more episodes of season. Is that three. true? Is is season three considered the worst season? Yeah, it's like the lost season of the show for sure. Uh-huh. It's like season two or season five equivalent of the wire. Although you say you've never seen it. So. Never seen it. Foolish. Although they're now recording a new Wire-esque show. Same guy, David Simon. David Simon, yeah. Except the book that it's based on was written by my fellow Diamondback alumni, Justin Fenton. The best thing about all of these HBO shows is they all have basically the exact same cast. Like Chalky White slash Omar <laughs> is like in every HBO show. Same thing with uh, Carcetti slash uh, Littlefinger. You, like, get on the HBO bandwagon and you just get to stay on it forever. Yeah, I mean, there are a few channels. Like, like USA, there was, like, a ton of crossover between Burn Notice and, I don't remember, like, White Collar and all those shows. Like, oh, this guy was also a bad guy on that show. Gilbert Gottfried doing whatever, USA After Dark. You know who was a bad guy on Monk is uh, Dwight Schrute. 
Oh, is he? Very early episode. I think pre-office, he was he was one of the bad guys in a very baseball-centric episode. Anyways, nobody cares about this. No, but nobody cares about White fruit on Monk. Somebody out there Indeed. is like, oh my god, I remember that episode. The other thing I enjoyed about the Remus scene is Randolph making fun of him by talking about herself in the third person. That well. was great. Yes, that was very good. She seems like a good character. I hope I hope she has a more prominent role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that whole stuff has to happen too. Yeah. While Nucky's getting so yeah, we'll get to, by... we'll get to see what's his name get arrested or whatever. I think the Attorney General Shooter McGavin. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Who knows what'll happen to Milton? But yeah, nobody can take down Milton. That just can't happen. <laughs> All right, that's way too much Boardwalk Empire talk. Hey, I'd love to make you edit more. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys very much. We will hopefully talk to you in a couple of weeks, and be sure to talk to Craig about your intestinal problems, and also tell him that he needs to go back to Atlantic City. Nah, I've been to Atlantic City. <laughs> When's the last time you checked to see if we had a t-shirt order? Oh, let's do that right now. Show me the forms. 1,000. Oh my god, we got one. How old is this? I don't know. There's no way to check, I don't think. No, it does say. It, this order... Oh, this order was placed two weeks ago. Oh, it's not bad. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Kyle. I just clicked the menu thingy. The little, like, three-dot menu. Uh-huh. And the very first thing is a checkbox that says get email notifications for new responses. Incredible. And I feel like the dumbest person in the world. <laughs>